Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Greetings, programs, and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. This feels like it's been forever since we've done an actual show. It's weird because I feel that way every year with Pensacon because we do the <laughs> panel, and I feel like the week leading up to Pensacon, we either can't do a show or we'll like pre-record one. Yeah. So we don't do a traditional episode for a couple of weeks. It actually felt weird not being here on Wednesday. Yeah. So I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. It's, I just like felt like the show, you know, coming up this week, I was like, man, how long has it been since we've done an actual episode? Cause we, took- I think what it is when, when you just get, you know, into the rhythm of doing something once a week or whenever it is, when you don't do it for a week or even longer, it just feels like forever. Yeah. But we're back, and we're here, yep. and uh, ready to get uh, everything back on track now that uh, Pensacon's over with. And I hope everybody enjoyed the Pensacon panel. I went back and listened to it last week, and uh, I, I I had a lot of fun this year. This year was, uh, they put us in a smaller room, so it didn't sound like we were in a, you know, a giant 
cave like we were last year. And uh, the sound quality came out really good this year. Yeah, I actually liked the room that we were in. I, I felt like we were giving a lecture. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it went, for those, like you couldn't really see it in the video version, but we were basically in what was like a small classroom. Yeah. And we were at the front of the room. There was a projector behind us. I I kind of dug it. You know, I, I don't know what venues they're going to use for Pensacon panels next year, but I wouldn't be opposed to being in that same room. And that's actually one of only two times that we've done a what we call traditional episode in front of a bunch of people. We usually yeah. do some type of specialty discussion, but I personally like doing the normal show. I did too. I had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I, I wonder if they're ever going to put us back in the normal uh panel rooms like uh, over at the hotel like they used to have well it's been wrecked since hurricane sally and i know there's been um i think they've gone through a couple of different ownership groups and hmm. they just can't really get the funding to you know fix all the damages so well that sucks because that was very convenient to be right next door for the panels yeah i, I was a little surprised that they didn't use uh, Pensacola Little Theater, or at least I didn't see it on the the agenda or on the app, which that, that's been a, a staple for the last few years, but maybe it was just booked. Yeah, I don't think they used it at all this year. I don't think they did. They normally use the main room, and then they have a little side room that they have, like, smaller panels in, but I don't think they used either. Hmm. I, yeah, I could, now that I'm thinking about it, I was looking at the the Pensacon app while we were there to check on all the uh, the different panels and stuff that were going on, and I did not see anything at the little theater. So that was I didn't even think about that till you said it. Yeah, I, I will say as a little epilogue to to Pensacon because this was the day after our panel. I did finally get to meet Rob Paulson. Yeah, <laughs> I had to wait almost two hours because he didn't show up until almost noon, but I met him. He remembered that I interviewed him. Oh, that's he cool. Was an, it was like he descended directly from the heavens to his table. Yeah. So he was he was great. It was worth the wait. Well, cool. I'm glad you finally got to meet him. He was always there at the table when I passed by. Every time you went by, he was gone. Yeah, I told Samantha the story about how like some combination of me, you, and Wally would go by his table <laughs> it's multiple times during the first time he was here, and he was never at his table. Yeah, well, I'm happy. It all worked out. I'm happy that I got my Halloween three VHS signed by Mr. Tom Atkins and uh, got what I needed, and I was good after after our panel. We booked it back home. I was like, "Yep, that's another Pensacon in the books." Well, to be honest, I mean, if you know what you want to do, you can do everything in a day. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. Cause the first couple of years that I went, it was always like, you know, it took a day or two to look at everything I wanted to look at, see everything I wanted to see. And now I'm like I'm six hours and I'm good. You know, I've seen everything. I've seen done everything I wanted to do. And I'm ready to sit my ass on the couch. <laughs> well, and this year, too, we only had the one panel. We didn't do defending bad movies or yeah. any other type of panel. So it was, you know, do everything in one day. I mean, like Sunday, I literally just, you know, we went to the Bay Center, met Rob Paulson, met uh, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Power Ranger, and then we were done yeah. after that. Well, I'm hoping next year we can actually do a, a, a meetup with everyone like we were going to do before the pandemic hit. So <laughs> if, 
if everything's cool next year, we'll schedule a big meetup with everybody and actually get an actual Nerd Cave Retro meetup in the books. And I'm hoping that, you know, schedule allowing that we can do multiple panels because it'd be cool to do like a normal Nerd Cave Retro, do maybe some type of video game discussion, bring back Defending Bad Movies. Yeah. I'm down for that. I miss yeah. defending bad movies. That's like still one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. And people love it. Yeah. You know, it's whenever I would put out the audio, you know, it was one of the more popular episodes of the Derek Diamond experience of that whole year. Yeah, that's always like one of the shining spots. Things I always look forward to is the uh the defending bad movies panel. I, I felt naked if we don't if we, when we didn't do it. I was like, man, something's missing. Yeah, I was. I hate that we couldn't do it, but hopefully we'll get to do it next year. Oh yeah, but uh, you ready? We got some news to cover. You ready to get into the news? Yeah, we got some good stories. Oh, and before we go into the news, I did want to let all the patrons know uh, before we go into the news that it is that time again where you're going to have to go back into Patreon and check your uh, your your payment methods because. Patreon's at it again. I don't know if it's Patreons or the banks or whatever, but uh, noticed a lot of people got declined. So you and even on myself, I got to go check on the Patreons I'm subscribed to. So you got to go check and make sure that your uh, your payment method is still up to date. So just take a few minutes to go do that and uh, do us a solid and go go check those and make sure your payments are going through. But now let on with the show. And, of course, all of tonight's stories come to us from I Am The Rampage, Rampage, and Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And this first story is from, of course, NintendoLife.com. Nintendo Switch Online Missions and Rewards March 2022. Earn platinum points to unlock new user elements. Nintendo has added Missions and Rewards to its Nintendo Switch Online subscription service. These elements can be accessed by navigating to the NSO icon on your Switch home screen, then selecting the Missions and Rewards section. Here you'll find a list of available missions which are related to uh, things that you're probably already doing with your Nintendo Switch Online membership, like playing online or trying out the library of classic games. Um, so what do you get and take a part of this? Uh, platinum Points. Uh, and those could be redeemed for items in the My Nintendo store as usual, but also new member exclusive icon elements you can collect and put together to create a new user icon. Um, so, what do you think about them adding ways to get platinum points? So, when I initially read this story, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be Nintendo's versions of you know achievements or trophies, if you uh, prefer the PlayStation. I think this is something that Nintendo has been missing. Is it vital? No, but it's a it's a nice little bonus. So I, I personally dig it. It's a nice step in the right direction to actually do something that it isn't necessary, but it's kind of fun to like when you know sometimes you might fall down a rabbit hole of ooh what what can I do with these and you start trying to do all these little achievements and everything. So it you know it's kind of fun and uh, so hopefully. Yeah, maybe if this works out, maybe in the future they'll start giving out gold coins because, you know, platinum coins are worth like a penny, a fraction of a penny a piece. 
not really worth anything. So maybe maybe in the future they'll start doing bigger missions and rewards and you'll start getting gold points. I just had a thought. What if Breath of the Wild had achievements? I would have to play through it again. <laughs> yeah, in a way I'm glad that it doesn't because I would want to go back and get all of them. Yeah. And it would be next to impossible. Yeah, but I, went down, I think I went down that rabbit hole of achievements back in the Xbox 360 days, and I, I don't know if I want to. I want to do that again. Well, we were all younger and and had more time back then. I get then. suckered into that type of stuff. They do Steam that stuff on Steam too, like the Kingdom Rush games. They have like little achievements and stuff you can get just by doing random things, like clicking on something on the map a few times or something and you reveal some little secret like I'll fall down a rabbit hole trying to find all these little achievements and stuff so I'm like I'm very susceptible to this type of thing oh same like me and my friends we would have competitions to see who could get the most achievements from a certain game like a Skyrim or any of the Halo (laughs) games good luck getting all the achievements in Skyrim oh no kidding (laughs) (laughs) So this I'm actually pretty excited about. This comes from escapistmagazine.com. Sea of Stars preview. Chrono Trigger meets Super Mario RPG for a leveled up RPG. I mean, you could, if it were me, I could just stop there and be like, okay, you can have my money. Yeah. But we will continue. Canadian developer Sabotage Studio announced turn-based RPG Sea of Stars back in 2020 as an unexpected prequel to critically acclaimed side-scroller The Messenger. Swinging for the fences, the game draws influence from legendary RPGs like Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, and Mario and Luigi. Recently, The Escapist had the opportunity to hands-off preview Sea of Stars with Sabotage creative director Theory Bullinger and executive producer Philip Barkley. And in a nutshell, it feels like Sea of Stars wants to take the best parts of its inspiration to create a game that is all meat, no chores. So there are some some good looking screen caps throughout the article, and uh, the game looks gorgeous, dude. It, it has j- literally just from the screenshots, they have me. I am going to get this. Like this is a day. This is a purchase for me already. It, it looks like a Super Nintendo game on steroids because it has that almost like top down view, like you'd see in Link to the Past. Yeah. Or like your most of your traditional Zelda games. But I don't know, like the, the backgrounds have almost like a like an almost like a hand drawn kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. It it just it, this screams everything that I want in an RPG. And it, and I've been I, I haven't told you this off air yet, but something that I'm gonna start doing throughout the year is I wanna start playing more RPGs. And maybe like think, okay, I'm going to try and review this a month or a month and a half in advance. Because I've been missing really getting invested into a singular game. Like I've been doing that with Earthbound Beginnings since it's been released on the Switch. I've missed really diving into an RPG that has a good story, has some good gameplay. And this looks like it has all of it. Because all three of the games that it's inspired by are great. You know, Chrono Trigger, even though I haven't fully played it through, is a lot of fun. Love Mario RPG. I think it's super underrated. And the Mario and Luigi games are really good, too. Yeah. So th- this this has the recipe for a very, very successful game. This looks like something I can completely get immersed in because I love the art style of this. It has that, you know, that Zelda um, Link to the Past top-down. It, it looks 
like you said, it looks like Chrono Trigger, like on steroids. Like it's got yep. that that sixteen bit look, but like modern, and I love that. So I this is going to be a, a a day one purchase probably. Um, does it did it say when this is releasing? Uh, let's see, holiday of this year. Okay. So this Christmas, so I'm yeah. This is a day one purchase for me. I'm going. To, I'm going to get this. I see this being a dual review in our future. Oh yeah, this will be our holiday review. Yeah, I can't wait to play this game. It, it looks great, and one of the cool things that it mentions about halfway through the article, one of the most exciting and unique elements of this game is its full dynamic lighting system, which is a rarity for pixel art game, but it doesn't affect the story. Like it's purely a gameplay mechanic, which I love because I, I I hate when, you know, you have to do certain things at night to complete the game or do certain things during the day. Like I get it, but I, like I like the day night system, but to me it shouldn't fully affect the game. Yeah. It shouldn't keep you from being able to do what you need to do to finish. So I, uh, this sounds like it's going to be amazing. Like this might be one of the best games of the year, at least in my opinion. Oh yeah. I have, I have a feeling this is going to be up there. Like you said, for, for game of the year, just off of what it looked off base, basing nothing off anything except for what it looks like. Yeah. This is going to be one that I play a lot during Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the next story, this is from Nintendo, everything.com. Pac-Man Museum Plus gets May release date and a new trailer. Following the initial announcement in November, Bandai Namco has followed up with a release date for Pac-Man Museum Plus, and it's slated for May 27th, 2022. So if anybody wants to get this for me for my birthday on the 28th, I will gladly take it (laughs) as a present. Uh, If not, I am going to buy it for myself. Uh, it has 14 different titles, including Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pal, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-and-Time, Pac-Man Arrangement Arcade, ver- uh, ver- version? Oh, Pac-Man Arrangement Arcade version. I was, wa- I was wondering how to say that. Uh, Pac-Man Arrange- C- Arrangement CS version, Pac-Man Championship Edition, which is worth it just for that. Pac-Motos, Pac-and-Roll Remix, Pac-Man Battle Royale, and Pac-Man 256. I'm getting this strictly for Pac-Man Championship Edition because it's not been available anywhere other than the Xbox 360 where I originally had it, and now I'll be able to play it on my Switch. I am 100% getting this day one. Yeah, I never played Pac-Man Championship Edition, which is why I will be getting this. It's so good. And... a lot of these Pac-Man games I've never had the chance to play, so why not? Why not get like if you're a Pac-Man fan, why would you not get this? I mean, yeah, some of the which one is the uh, the weird uh, Pac-Man that you you reviewed the the side scroller is that on here? <laughs> oh, Pac-Man Two, no. Okay, good, it's not on here. So yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> your words not mine it would have brought the uh the the value down if that was on here it, you would have had to cut the price by at least let's see if it was 
$20, you would have had to cut at least 18 <laughs> off of it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, just kidding. But, no, but seriously, no, the, for just for Pac-Man Championship Edition is completely worth it because that is one of the best Pac-Man games you can play and it is so addicting. Like there's nothing more satisfying than getting a trail of like 200 ghosts behind you and then hitting that you know, power pellet, and then just mow, like turning around and just mowing through all of them. It's just like, like it is so, uh, it's, it's like, uh, I I can't describe it. You just, you just have to experience it yourself. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. So good. Yeah. Our last story, another one I'm really excited about. This comes from videogameschronicle.com. Square Enix is considering creating HD 2D remakes of more SNES games. Uh, HD 2D is what Square Enix uses to describe the art style given to its Switch games Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy. The style places 2D sprites in a 3D world designed to look like an HD take on the SNES era. As reported by Famitsu during a new radio show on Square Enix's Japanese YouTube channel, developers working on Triangle Strategy confirmed... Square Enix president Yosuka Matsuda wants the studio to use the art style to remake SNES games. I can sum that up in three simple words. Yes, <laughs> yes, and yes. Yes, please. G- give, give, me, give me all of them. Give me every Square Enix or Square Soft game. Give me an HD 2D. I will buy them. <laughs> yeah. Because I... I love those games and this was provide just a whole new dynamic. Like I'm trying, I mean, secret of mana obviously would be up there near the top, but there, there's so many great ones that they they can do. Even though it's not a square Enix game. I mean, if they could go back, if they did this treatment to other super Nintendo titles, like imagine if they did this treatment to like, uh, uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, like that, just screams this type of of format. Well, it says here uh, the list includes titles released by Square and Enix for the Super Famicom, ones which were suitable for HD 2D, ones which were unsuitable for it, and ones which were impossible to play. Uh, we lined them all up and made a presentation that Live Alive was the most suitable. The second place was Act Razor, which there was a modern remaster of that yeah. that was released on the Switch last year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, this is I, such a cool really... take to do to these old games. Like, take those 2D sprites, put them in a 3D world, and it just works. Like, there are so many Super Nintendo games I would love to see them do this for. Yeah, it could provide just a whole new experience for so many games. Oh, yeah. And, and it could bring, you know, the, those games that haven't really been relevant since the 90s to a whole new audience. Uh, who did Super Mario RPG? Was it Square? I believe so, yeah. Like, that would be, like, that's a no-brainer right there. Super Mario RPG in this style? Oh, dude, I'm there. Let me... Yeah, it was developed by Square. Okay, yeah. I was like 99% sure it was, but I just wanted to check. But yeah, that that would be one. Um, Secret of Mana would be one. Illusion of Gaia, I think, was made... It might have been made by Enix. But there's so many that they could do. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they could do this to pretty much any Super Nintendo game, and I'm there for it. And you can ride that wave for years Yeah, if they did that. I mean, there's literally hundreds of games they could go back and redo this to and just put it out again, brand new, and people would pay money for it. I mean, you, you got me. Like I said, Legend of the Mystical Ninja, that would be a day one purchase for me. Hopefully it happens. This will be a fun story to follow. I know. Uh, I'm I'm just interested if they start doing this for other uh, Super Nintendo games, uh, not not just Square Enix games, or back then was Square and Enix, two different companies. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that'd be this would be interesting to see if if this takes off. I, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, me too. But uh, now it's time for this month in video game history. <laughs> March 5th of 1981, Timex releases the Sinclair Research ZX81 in the UK, or the ZX81, I should say, which is significantly less expensive than other computers on the market. Uh, I remember the Sinclair computers. Um, that's such a cool name for a computer, the Sinclair. The logo makes me think of Skynet. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so it's like I'm just waiting for it to become self-aware and nuke the world yeah i mean this was a little bit before my time but i'm always interested to go back and read about these you know old computers and these old gaming systems and wonder like you know just just seeing the evolution from then to now has always been really fascinating and all the distinctive looks that like say these computers have compared to now it's always really cool to see and of course, back then, you actually, in order to use the computers, you actually had to have some knowledge of BASIC in order to do anything. You know, like, you had to know some programming in order to do anything. That's one thing that I, I kind of wish that had I lived back then, like, I, I don't, I know nothing about coding or any of that kind of stuff. Basic, Can you imagine if you had to know coding in order to use an iPhone or anything like that? Uh, I'd still be using the old Nextel flip phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My old Nokia <laughs> brick. Uh, yeah, the old uh, the old Razor. Yeah, playing Snake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, March of 1985. Is it Tekken or Tekken? I think it's Tekken. Tekken releases gridiron fight an american football sports game featuring the use of dual trackball controls i'm a sucker for old sports games like this yeah i don't remember this game though i wish they would have had a picture of it yeah me too i love the name too gridiron fight it makes me think of like the old nfl blitz games i wonder if they made a uh, a port of this to anything i don't see uh where they made a port of it anywhere yeah, I'm looking at the development, and yeah, it just... Is this what became Tecmo Bowl? If I had to guess, I would say yes. Uh, it is a precursor to the American football game Tecmo Cup. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I would like to do, like, deep dives on. Like, the uh, what the, some of these games, like, like the big games like Tecmo Bowl, like, what were their origins? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Like I clicked to Con World Cup, and it's a soccer game. Yeah. 
So hmm. I imagine this is uh, actually a soccer game. But they don't call... No, yeah, this was a... It is one or two player game based on gridiron football and was released in a cocktail cabinet form factor and uses trackball controls. Uh, so this does... I have a feeling this is what evolved into Tech Mobile. But it does say here that uh, the World Cup was available on PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. Hmm. This would be interesting to do a deep dive on one day. Right? Yeah. I love all this old stuff. Oh, I do too. Uh, let's see. In uh, March 21st of 1989, uh, a game that I would actually like to play and review, Sega releases Fantasy Star 2, a landmark title for the role-playing video game genre. I've been very interested in going back and playing these some of these older Fantasy Star games because these things like hold a lot of uh, nostalgia for people. People love these Fantasy Star games. I remember hearing about them, but I never played them. There, there was one that was released for the GameCube that I got into a little bit that I would play with a few friends of mine. But other than that, I don't have too much knowledge of the Fantasy Star franchise, though I, I'd be curious to learn more, though. Uh, it says it uh, was later ported. Uh, a remake was ported to the PlayStation 2 in 2005 as Fantasy Star Generation 2. Uh, but that was in Japan. Uh, and it doesn't say if it was released in America, but I wonder if you could get an import and still play it on an American PlayStation 2. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Hmm. But a game that we have reviewed... On the show, March 19th, 1994, Super Metroid is released for the SNES. It's the third title of the Metroid series distributed on a 24 megabit cartridge noted as the best game of all time by Electronic Gaming Monthly in 2002. That's a pretty tall claim, though I would say it's one of the best games of all time. It's very tough to say what is the greatest video game of all time because it's yeah. it's like what's the greatest movie of all time because everybody's tastes are so subjective. There's so many different genres. It's really tough to call it that but it is one of the best games of the Super Nintendo and dare I say one of the best video games ever made. I, I, I would definitely say one of the best games of the 20th century. Yeah. Definitely one of the best games for the the Super Nintendo. It's definitely in the top five. Um, is it better than Link to the Past? I mean, it's kind of to me no. It, but, it really depends on your taste. Really, like yeah. you said, it, this is so subjective. Because personally, it, like I love Super Metroid, but if I had to make a choice of do you want to play Link to the Past or do you want to play Super Metroid, I'm going to pick Link to the Past every time. Same, though I'm probably a little more biased, but yeah, that's <laughs> just me. But but I do love Super Metroid, though. Like, I had so many hours sunk into Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. It's definitely one of those must-have games in your library. Uh, if you have a Super Nintendo and you can only afford five games for it, this has to be in the collection. Would you say it's the best Metroid game of all time? Um... You know what? Probably, yeah. I, I I would be bold enough to say that. Uh, to me, 
like I love Metroid Prime, but I would say Super Metroid I would be my one, and then a close second would be the original Metroid Prime. And you know, I to be fair, I never played any of the the Game Boy Advance games or anything like that. Uh, I've never played any of the handheld versions of the game, uh, un, you know, unless you count Metroid Dread. But uh, that game I still haven't finished <laughs> because I suck at it. Um, but as far as the original Metroid, like up until now, it's probably my favorite of the Metroid franchise. I should do a top five Metroid list. That'd be fun. That'd be a good list to do. That'd probably be hard to do. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't know. Hmm. I'm still waiting on <coughs> to see if they're going to do a Metroid Prime, like, you know, one, two, and three remake, you know, for the anniversary or whatever. But, you know, it Who is Nintendo. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they didn't do anything for Zelda, so. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see. Second to last, we got March 22nd, 1996. Resident Evil is released for the PlayStation one of the foundational games in the survival horror genre, and for a time it held the record for best-selling PlayStation game. I still love Resident Evil. Even the the 2002 remake still holds up like crazy. For a split second, I thought you were going to say the 2002 movie. No. (laughs) (laughs) But no, the uh, the remake, which you can get now for the PlayStation, I think you can get it on the PlayStation store and uh probably it's probably in the you can get it for xbox but i got it on the switch uh and it's only like 14 bucks but worth every penny is it and it's still just the 2002 uh remake they did for the gamecube and it's well worth the money to to go back and play that one of these days i'll play through the resident evil games you should you should i really think you'll enjoy it To close us out for this month in video game history, on March 4th, 1999, (laughs) one of the best games for the PlayStation was released only in Japan. You just had to throw this in there, didn't you? (laughs) And yes, I did. Honestly, one of my favorite games to review in the history of the show, Pepsi Man, was released. (laughs) So hear me out. There are certain games that are so bad that they're actually fun to like poke fun of. And, And... it's just so simple and stupid that I kind of enjoy it. And that is Pepsi man to me. (laughs) 
It's so bad, though. It is a bad game. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm not denying that whatsoever. <laughs> I just, what can I say? Like, I loved the obnoxious marketing. I, I love the fact that there was only one song that played through the entire entirety of the game. They use like bad looking commercial footage to transition between yeah. levels. It's such a terrible game. But I, <laughs> you know, if you make me review a bad game, I'm going to have fun with it. And that's yeah. what I did with Pepsi Man. But yeah, I saw this and I was like, you know what? I have to throw this in here. And if you missed that episode, it's I don't even remember what episode that was. And that wasn't too long ago. So if you go back in the archive, you'll see that Derek did a review of Pepsi Man. I think last yeah, year or sometime we we made the agreement to do some type of product placement like yeah. you reviewed oh. i think the uh, yeah you I reviewed did. the noid game yep yeah 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 and then i reviewed pepsi man because we somehow got on the subject of of weird mascots and that's how we we got into that if we ever do that again, I already know which game I'm going to review, and that's going to be the Burger King game for the Xbox 360. Yeah, I think I want to go back and play <laughs> Cool Spot for the NES. Uh, I mean, I'm whenever you want to do it, you ain't got to twist my arm. We'll do that in the summer. That'll be a summertime thing for us, is weird mascot games. And I'll do it while eating Burger King. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't eat during the show. That'll just be disgusting. But uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek has shout-outs. Yep, as always, we want to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, Armes Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Seth Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster, Mike Eveland and returning patron, Mr. Brandon Rutledge. So as we mentioned earlier, be sure to check your Patreon account because it can be a little tricky. It's, we don't know if it's Patreon. Sometimes it's your bank. I know I've had that issue in the past with charges being declined. So be sure to check your Patreon if you are a subscriber. And if you want to sign up for Patreon, you get fun commentary tracks like when we did this past week, which was honestly one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, we did an episode of Batman the Animated Series and the Gargoyles Animated Series from uh, the 90s era of Disney. Such good like throwback discussion with the shows, commercials, and just that mm -hmm. overall time period. <laughs> really, really fun episode. I really enjoyed that episode, especially that episode of Batman that we did. Because we figured out at some point that Batman has to have TARDIS technology in his cape. And then me and uh, Mr. Mike Evelyn, uh, our lovely sponsor with B-Res Coffee, got into a discussion on Twitter about how next season they should do a Batman-Doctor Who crossover where Doctor Who needs Bruce Wayne to, to solve a case uh, in time, and then Bruce Wayne figures out TARDIS technology, and then that's how he makes his cape with TARDIS technology. Epic crossover that would be. I would love to see the David Tennant version of Doctor Who interact with Batman. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, I'd love it. That was fun. But yeah, if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, get early access to, to those, uh, vote on potential show topics. I know we're going to start doing uh, top fives uh, throughout the month, so be on the lookout for those. 
And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And new patrons, be sure to send us your social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey guys, we got to tell you about B-Res Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Coup Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Derek is talking about... music for this game you know when you associate this character with music you can't help but have success oh yeah (laughs) so this kicks off our disney month so every week during the month of march we're going to be reviewing a disney related game and this is a game that i've been playing you know off and on for the past few weeks darkwing duck developed by capcom for the nes in 1992 and was ported to the Game Boy in 1993. Uh, I got to play the NES version, and I got to give a shout-out before I really get into the review to I Am The Rampage, because he's the one who told me about the Disney Afternoon Collection being on sale on the PlayStation Store. And it includes Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, DuckTales, several other games, uh, most of which I did not get the chance to play because my experience with the NES was fairly limited because it was at the tail end of its lifespan when I got into it. And by then the super Nintendo came out and we, we all know my love obsession with that console. But whenever I found out about this collection, the game that I was most excited to play was Darkwing duck. And partially because a few weeks ago, if you remember, we had the conversation about how cool would a modern day Darkwing duck game be. So played this game and I can honestly say one of the better enjoyments of a like new platform game to me than I've had in in quite some time. Have you ever played this game before? I've never played it, but I've seen some uh, YouTube videos throughout the years. And I, the only thing I, I really remember is people talking about how difficult the game is. Did you find it to be overly difficult? Um, Difficult, yes, but not the most difficult game I've ever played. Like it's it's difficult enough to where you actually kind of embrace the challenge. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just, and I've found this with going back with these old games, is picking up the little nuances of the controls and what you need to do. So the um the story of the game is a, a mysterious uh, crime wave hits St. Canard. And Shush requires the services, of course, of Darkwing Duck and Launchpad 
to stop uh, as it appears that Fowl and their valued operative Steelbeak is behind the uprising. And they've hired some of the more iconic Darkwing Duck villains who you fight throughout the game. And you have to go through different areas of the city, stop the crime, defeat the bosses, and then you move on. So basically, when you start the game, you have three options of where you can go in the city. Once you defeat all three of those bosses, then you get to go on to three more areas. Then you go on to the final boss. What I love about this game and why I think you would like it, it plays very, very similarly to Mega Man. That's what I was just reading here. It said that the game itself is actually running on a tweaked Mega Man 5 engine. And you can tell pretty instantly because that was one of the first things that I picked up on when I first started playing is I was like, this feels a lot like Mega Man. And you know me, I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, but I have Mm -hmm. played enough of the, the old NES games to know what they're like yeah and and i think it's perfect for this particular game and uh so basically what you do is you go through these different areas and at the end of each area there's a boss you defeat it and then you move on so it's pretty pretty standard when it comes to that but the the cool thing is you actually get uh, different weapons throughout the game you start out with your standard gas gun you might remember it from the show Mm -hmm. but uh you could also get different adapters that you can use uh like there's a a thunder one there's i think three total that you can get but uh that adds a cool little little element to it and it's just there's not a ton really that i can say about it other than it's a pretty straightforward platform. It plays very similarly to, to Mega Man. And you get sucked in pretty easily. Like, I, I was reading a lot of the same things that you were about how difficult it was, so it kind of made me a little nervous to play it. But once you figure it out, like to me, it wasn't it wasn't the most difficult game yeah. that I've ever played. It's kind of the same with, with what I'm going to be reviewing next week. And next week, I'm doing Chippendale's Rescue Rangers for the NES. And I've heard that that game was difficult. And it is, but it's also your level of you know memorization and just playing the game. I mean, of course, you get better at it as you play it. And the boss fights aren't as hard as you think they are. It's just, it's all about, um, you know, like once you understand the game's mechanics, it's like, it, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. Yeah. And that's, that's one that, you know, I, I hope to play eventually, uh, as well, but I, I would really recommend that you play this. Cause I honestly think you would like this more than I did because well, you are a big Mega wanted, Man fan. I've always wanted to play this because of course I'm a Darkwing Duck fan and I never played this for the NES. Cause of course this came out in 93 and by then I was already on to the, the super Nintendo, which I, I just don't understand why they didn't put out SNES ports of some of these games, you know, as they were, like this would have been perfect. Like I don't know why they never did it. Like a Ducktales Super Nintendo game, or you know, Chippendales Rescue Ranger. Like why did they not do Super Nintendo ports of these games? Yeah, or just because this game came out a year after the SNES had already launched, 
you could have made this just for the SNES. Like yeah. the graphics could have been a little better. Not that the graphics are bad by any stretch, but you could definitely tell it's an NES game. Yeah, but you it does have that Capcom look to it though, and Capcom yeah. always did. They were always able to get the best look out of the NES hardware. Somehow they always had the most gorgeous games on the Nintendo. Well, I think also, because we've talked about this numerous times as well, a lot of the licensed video games or adaptations from movies or shows, a lot of them weren't that great. Mm -hmm. So that was another reason why, other than hearing about how difficult it was, I tried not to really read any extensive reviews because I wanted to go in and form my own opinion. But also I, Mega Man games are hard. But if you know, you know, if you understand the game's mechanics and you just practice it and play it, it's not as hard as it appears to be on the surface. And maybe it's just because, you know, I grew up playing a ton of platformers. So it's like that that genre almost comes naturally to me, not saying that I'm an expert yeah. by any stretch. But but there are certain types of games that you know, you would be better at than I am and vice versa. It's just, I've naturally been decent at platformers. And once you figure out the little nuances, like mm -hmm. whenever I, I'll use the, the first level that I played on this game was the, the one on the bridge. And there are a lot of platforms that you have to jump on in order to progress throughout the game. You can latch onto the sides of platforms and that's something that i didn't figure out immediately hmm. but once you do it makes it so much better so it's just figuring out the little tricks that those types of games have yeah and once you do that then you're you're pretty much golden and that's another thing you know you can say about the the capcom disney afternoon collection basically like the the old the nes games they're all pretty good you know, mm -hmm. uh, with the except, I don't think Tailspin's great. I don't think it's bad. It's just not, it's not great. But you you go from Tailspin, which really isn't that great, but you have DuckTales, which is arguably one of the best NES games ever made. You have Darkwing Duck, which I haven't played, but apparently you think is pretty good. I played Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. It's, I never played it before because I, I just never never got a chance to play it and i had a blast playing it like these games are really really good and i you could do worse nes games than these like as far as uh licensed games capcom kind of like knocked it out of the park with these disney games well and capcom's a company that you know, like they they know what they're doing. Like you you expect a certain quality from a Capcom yeah. game. So they were I, always kind of a seal of quality back in the the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era. I mean, not that they aren't now, but but especially back then. Yeah, and I, I think part of it's also, and maybe it's because I'm just now playing it, but nostalgia does play a little bit into it, and it even did then because you know you think. Oh, it's a Darkwing Duck game. I like Darkwing Duck, so clearly it's got to be a good game. Yeah. You think of that with a lot of those licensed games, and more often than not, they turned out to be crap. Yeah. <laughs> but they got your money because of the characters and the name that was on the cover of the box. Yeah. But this is an example of one that it, it delivers on the 
to me the nostalgia mm-hmm. because I didn't play it back in the day, but it was fun being in that universe and actually playing as Darkwing Duck because you know at the beginning of the game he does the whole I'm the terror that flaps yeah. in the night, blah blah blah. <laughs> and every time you start a level, he jumps onto the screen, you know, puts his cape up. And he says, I am Darkwing Duck. A little word balloon comes up and says, I am Darkwing Duck. I'm like, that, that stuff's fun to me. Yeah. And, you know, fighting like Professor Moliarty or Bushroot, you know, those Darkwing Duck villains that, you know, I knew growing up watching the show w- was cool to me. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with Chippendale Rescue Rangers playing it. Like, I got hit with such, like, just nostalgia just a wave of of nostalgia just slapped me across the face because I just remember, you know, can distinctly remember every afternoon sitting there and watching Chippendale's Rescue Rangers and DuckTales and all these shows. And you play those games and it just, even though I didn't play it then, it still took me right back to that era. And there's something to be said about that. Like nostalgia is a powerful drug, man. I mean, Hollywood's been using nostalgia for decades. And why have we not gotten a Darkwing Duck reboot or a, 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 an animated movie at this point? Because Darkwing Duck's great. He was in an episode of the DuckTales revival. But See, I thought I the only... same thing. Like, why Why would you not bring back Darkwing Duck as his own show? Yeah. Or like a special on Disney+. Plus. Like at least like just give me like an hour long Darkwing Duck special. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. Right. I mean, you you've got Jim Cummings on your payroll still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're coming out with a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, which looks great <laughs> yeah, by the way. It like it, it 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 looks stupid in some ways, but it's almost <laughs> like the thing that made me geek out the most. And I don't want to get on a whole tangent about the movie. I geeked out over the Roger Rabbit cameo. Yeah. Because I was like, I haven't thought of Roger Rabbit since <laughs> I watched the last, the movie last in like the early 2000s. I think it's going to be in the same vein of like Sonic the Hedgehog where you think like, how is this going to work? But then it's going to work and you're like, wow, they actually pulled that off. I felt that way watching the trailer. I'm like, they might actually pull this off. Well, I think the premise is really cool. Like it, it's it's a smart premise. It's like got like that little bit of meta-ness to it that yeah. I like. So I I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I think if they do a Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers reboot or movie, Darkwing Duck's gotta be coming soon, man. It has to. There's too much so. nostalgia out there for Darkwing Duck. One of the best animated intros like as far as theme songs (laughs) go of all like it's up there with the ducktales theme for me yeah i think yeah i think darkwing duck and ducktales are probably my two favorite yeah ducktales is is my number one yeah tailspins those three you could probably flip darkwing duck and tailspin but ducktales will always be my number one yeah it's really close i'd probably put ducktales my number one uh darkwing two Tailspin 3 and then Rescue Rangers would be 4. Um, did you see the thing here where it was talking about there was a rejected sequel uh, to mm-hmm. the game? And uh, they went to work on it. And what year was this? 20, it was uh, 2018. 2018. Uh, it was going to be called The Duck Knight Returns. Oh, man. 
why? Why am I not playing that right now? I I don't know. I really don't know. I, you know, when they this the article mentions this too. They did the DuckTales remastered for the Xbox 360. Why didn't they do it for, for Darkwing? All these, for all these games? Like, yeah. Why not do that for, for Chippendales? Why not Darkwing Duck? Even, I mean, even Tailspin. Tailspin's not great, but you give it a new visual paint job and give it a little more to do, you know, it might... I, I don't know. Like, why not? I think you'd have to make Tailspin part of a collection. Yeah, but, it, it wouldn't but still, do well on its own, but you could definitely put it in a collection. If you're going to do it for all the other ones, you might as well do it for Tailspin, too. But my overall thoughts on this game, I, I, I really like it. It's it's not as good as DuckTales, but I think it's a little unfair to say that because it's, yeah, they're both platformers, but Darkwing Duck's a little different than DuckTales. The, the objectives are different. You know, with Scrooge, you pretty much just use his cane. Mm-hmm. With Darkwing, you've got the gas gun. You've got the different adapters. So you have a little bit of a variety, not a ton, but enough to be like, okay, well, this this works. Fun nostalgia if you're someone like me. The graphics are pretty good for the NES. And it's it's to me, it's like DuckTales and Mega Man kind of mashed together a little bit. DuckTales with, with the Disney aspect, but gameplay-wise, more like Mega Man because you use a gun. I, I'm going to... This might sound a little crazy because I haven't beat the game. I've come very close to it. Um, the reception of this game, uh, GamePro gave it a 4.6 out of 5. Nintendo Power gave it 3.875. I don't know why it was that specific out of 5. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Uh, O&M gave it a 91 for the Game Boy version. And Just Games Retro gave it three out of five stars. I'm going to give this game a solid eight, eight and a half range. Like it's it's really, really fun. I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to try to beat it. But it's, what can I say? It's just, it's one of the few adaptations or licensed games from that era to me that I've personally played. Yeah. that are actually good. It, it hits the nostalgia heartstrings. The gameplay is pretty easy once you figure out the little nuances. And you get to play as Darkwing Duck. Hmm. And as usual, just absolutely gorgeous cover art. Yes. Oh, man, they had the best. These Capcom Disney games had the best cover art of any of the Nintendo games. Like this Darkwing, I just want a poster of this. I was about to say would this would make that, a perfect poster. I would put that on my wall just to have. Absolutely. But I love I, Darkwing Duck. I have a ROM, I think I have a ROM of this game. Or at least I know I have one somewhere like on a thumb drive if I if I don't have it on my computer. I'm definitely going to start playing this. Um and this weekend I think if I have some time and uh if I can I'm going to stream some uh um, Chippendale's Rescue Ranger because I've been playing it offline because I didn't want anybody to see me uh, try to play it and not know what I'm doing because I'm a little like an idiot <laughs> trying to play this game but I think I know enough of what I'm doing now that I can stream it and get pretty far into the game I don't know if I'll actually beat it but it gets pretty tough for the further into the game you get especially the bosses boss fights are a little get a little crazy because you can actually hit yourself 
with uh, the crates. Well, not crates, but the stuff you have to actually throw at the bosses, which I found out pretty early. You can hit yourself in that game. It's not. It's very easy to do. Interesting. So we'll very we'll, interesting. We'll get more into that next week when we talk about Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Disney Month. You know, I, we've got some really good games lined up. I already know my next one's going to be Toy Story for the Super Nintendo slash Sega Genesis. That's a game yeah. I've wanted to talk about for a while. And I know Atlas will be happy that at uh, the end of the month I'll be reviewing uh, Kingdom Hearts for the PlayStation 2. I gotta, man, I gotta start playing it more. <laughs> like, I only get to play like an hour or two here and there, and that game is long. Yeah, it's so good, though. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about that. But, uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. It's been so nice to actually be back in the seat here for the Nerd Cave Retro Show. Yeah, no, this this was really good. This was really good. But uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the uh, the shows we put up while we were gone. Uh, if, you, if you haven't listened to them yet, go back and check out the Laura Faye Smith uh, interview that was done with, uh, with Derek and uh, my fill-in, uh, Mr. Jacob Craig. Um, that, uh, well, actually Derek was filling in for me because that was, a, an open micers podcast. And then I just put the audio over here for us as well, since it was a video game centric interview. And then of course, last week was the Pensacon panel, which came out really well. So, uh, go check out those episodes. And I just dropped the new patron only, uh, episode of the pop culture palette the other day, episode 84. Do you know Disney, which, uh, Pitt. Steffi and Wally head to head on who knows more about Disney trivia. So go check that out. A little as a buck a month to get you those all that extra stuff. I remember that episode actually. That was really good. That was a good episode. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to throw out there before we leave this evening? Well, I, I put this out on social media and I won't go into the full explanation. You can listen to the, the mini episode of feature presentation, but uh, the show's going to go on hiatus for a little bit. I don't have a timetable for when it's going to be back, but uh, you know, there's a lot going on uh, behind the scenes right now with the wedding coming up next month and you know, jobs gotten pretty busy and I want to do once the wedding's done. I want to really consider doing another short film. So probably later on in the summer is when the show will come back. It'll probably be a little different. Um, as fun as like the pop culture discussion and doing all the social media stuff has been, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably won't see as much of that, but I haven't quite decided on what the show is going to look like quite yet, but if you want to hear me talk, I'll be here talking video games every week. So oh, yeah. just stay tuned to uh, Feature Prez Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I, like I said, I released like a 10-minute discussion. If you want to hear the full explanation of why, you can check that out on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. And uh, if you want to go check out the Open Micers podcast, it is at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we have got a stacked couple of months coming up with, uh, all the guests we've got coming in We're we're booked up until May. So if you want to hear some cool interviews, go over there at open micers, uh, on Twitter and, uh, Instagram. So is that everything before we walk out the door? Am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. 
All right, well, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic at Derek underscore diamond. Go check out our merch. We just had uh, some new merch drop uh, last week or week before. It's a Mr. Wally Phelps shirt, Live Long and Smoke Meats. So go check out that. And you don't have to get a shirt. You can get a mug. You can get a face mask, computer bag. They got all kind of stuff over there. Just go check it out, ncrmerch.com. And our Patreon, patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro, where you can help keep the lights on here at the NerdCaveRetro show. And if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Let's get dangerous. Yes. Ah, oh, a fellow checker, eh? Yeah.